0: This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group.
1: Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Because I'm
2: I said, we are coming to you live from San Diego AM 1170, KCBQ Studios, Salem Media. Always glad to share this time with you. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook. My website is show.com. What I was saying, in case you didn't hear me, is that I don't know how long I've been playing my new intro music, ACDC. I don't know how long I've been playing it, but I still love it. It still makes me laugh. Every time I hear it, DJ Carrot Sticks.
1: Well, I like the when he goes, dynamite, because it reminds me of you.
2: Oh, thanks. I like it when he talks about, I'm a power load, baby. Watch me explode. Um, I'm 102 pounds of dynamite, unless I got some false eyelashes on, then I might be up to about 102 <laughs> and a half. Anyway, um, I am ready to explode, though. We got another primary night today, tonight. And it's like, you know, it's like my head's about to explode with all the continuing stuff that's going on with it. And here tonight to help me break it all down is Julio Rivera, the conserva Rican from Red Nation Rising. Hey, Julio.
3: Hey, how are you tonight,
2: Andrea? Well, I'm glad to have you here with me. I'm excited to have you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I haven't chatted with you in a while. Actually, last time it was, it was when I was hosting for America Trends TV, and I've been wanting to get you on my radio show. Usually, I start the Andrea K. show with the monologue, but we got so much to cover tonight. I've got Della B. coming on the show. I've got Kalyan Pokola from Pokola Law, who's here to do my my Tuesday business segment. we got to talk about minimum wage. we got a lot of ground to cover tonight, Julio, so I'm bringing you in early. But I want to actually bring you into my monologue because what I was going to say and the reason why my head's about to explode is I my who I'm about as a person is really that I'm an equal opportunity criticizer I don't advocate Mm -hmm. for party or Paul I call it as I see it with everybody I am an objective person I never develop an emotional attachment to any candidate I think that when we do that that leads us down a a dark path to where we're not able Mm -hmm. to look at these elected officials like they are, which is the employees of the people. So that, yeah, and so that's one reason why I have not endorsed any candidate in the race. Also because I've got issues with every candidate because I don't have any emotional connection, I don't have, I'm able to see that like all human beings, they're flawed. Each candidate is flawed. And what Mm -hmm. I see happening is with this ongoing division and infighting, because so many people dig in their heels and in the dirt, unable to accept any criticism or flaw of their candidate. It's getting more and more and more polarized. I'm looking at tonight and I'm seeing, and I did, so I didn't want to endorse anybody in part because, uh, it's not who I am. I don't advocate for party or Paul. I see flaws in every candidate. There's no perfect candidate. I see divisions that are tearing the party apart and I don't want to contribute to that.
3: Mm -hmm. And I look at, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's been particularly saddening um, as far as what it's done to the conservative base. I mean, so many people that, um, you know, I've, I've come you know up through the ranks with and have done their shows and have been with them at events and have this, you know, you have no idea how much I respect a lot of these Trump, um, whether you want to call them surrogates or de facto supporters or people that have their own media sites. And I've watched them just kind of basically become propagandists um, just for, you know, that one candidate. And it it, it really is kind of saddening. I mean, everybody knows that I identify as a cruise person. You know, I go on and I I often defend cruise but I defend them on the merits of his policy. And you know the history of what he's actually tried to accomplish, and you know you can go through the way he's behaved since he's been in the Senate. So I mean, a lot of people are getting caught up. This whole issue with the delegates to me has been absolutely ridiculous. Like, what, what what's your take on that?
2: Well, let's well mm-hmm. we're going to get into that because when I mm-hmm. when I first see tonight we've got Trump mm-hmm. projected winner, Hillary Clinton projected winner. I thought, what does that okay. even mean to to the voters anymore? Because what we think is a win, then we find out later isn't a win because we find out there's this delegate. Process, And I think yeah. that as as the American people feel so betrayed by the Republican Party, everything now that happens is under scrutiny. The Republican Party at the federal level, at the RNC level, as well as at the state level with these with these um, state uh, board of elections and whoever's in charge at the state level making these decisions is rightfully under scrutiny. And everybody who's within the party who's involved in it, whether they're a candidate or part of an elected official and part of the process, should be willing uh-huh. to open it up and should be willing to accept criticism and should be willing to, willing to yep. see the scrutiny of it. Getting into New York, first of all, we find out today oh. we're barely open in the day before we even get into the delicate stuff. And we see all mm-hmm. kinds of crap happen today. From, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even, even uh, Mayor de Blasio is, is uh, saying that they need to audit what happened in New York. We got 125,000 people removed from voter rolls. You know, we got mm-hmm. people, uh, you know, showing up and being handed a Democrat ballot when they ask for a GOP ballot. They're told there's no more and they have to wait. Uh, we've mm-hmm. we heard complaints today about accessibility issues, unclear instructions, um, just all kinds of crap going on. And it's like, come on, Republican Party. You know, I used to be involved in the party here at the local level. I was one of these people that worked the polls. I was one of these people that got out the vote. I was one of these people that called all day long and made sure that the voter rolls were accurate. So there's no excuse for this kind of crap. To be happening this feeds the the people's concerns julio in terms yep. of what's going on in the process right
3: well i mean it's it almost seems like the republican party is turning into the worst elements of the democrat party i mean you know for so many years we've heard about issues with uh you know democratic primaries and you know uh dead democrats coming back to life to vote against republicans and all kinds of nonsense and you know we don't need that i mean our party has very you know clearly defined rules every state you know GOP gets to set their own rules uh none of this is a surprise I mean I don't I don't understand you know a, a lot of what where, where a lot of the sentiment is coming from but I mean you know what what I have been hearing uh you know coming out of New York is a little bit concerning
2: yeah because you know and and I do put some of this at the Republican Party because this is what I used to do Back yeah. before, back before I got was inside and got to see some of the crap that went on with the party here at a local level and pulled back, and that's that's when I was like, you know what, I'm not advocating for anybody but ideas anymore, uh, conservative uh-huh. principles and ideas. But there's no excuse for the Republican Party letting this happen because you should have qualified poll worker, workers, Republican Party of New York City that were that were more on top of this. Getting into the delegate situation, if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170. I'm talking to Julio Rivera, the conserva-rican from Red Nation Rising. Uh-huh. Getting into the delegate situation, I'm torn on it because I think that you can understand and appreciate the repre- the idea of a representative government and still yep. look at what's going on and see that it's rife for corruption and to see that there are valid concerns as to what's going on in spite of the fact that the rules were publicized. That's just because the rules are publicized oh, yep. and available for somebody to know doesn't mean the rules are in the best interest of the party or the voters. And I think that there are some legitimate questions. Yep. And yep. I think that what disappointed me and has disappointed me with Cruz Cruz particularly in his interview with Hannity today and I talked to a Cruz supporter on the on, on I talked to a Cruz supporter on the way here who agreed with me uh, yeah. was that these con- questions about Cruz okay uh, Here's the question that was posed to him today by Hannity, which is a valid one. People go to the polls. The average voter, they vote. They think, okay, like tonight, the projected winner is Trump. He's supposed to get X number of delegates. Then we find out later, after states like Louisiana, Arizona, or whatever, that the delegate count that was supposed to go to Trump is no longer going to Trump because it's a it's uh, there's a way for losing candidates who who didn't get who did not win over the voters. Have a, have a way through the rules to go around the voter and woo a delegate, even delegates that are bound to the winner and say to them and whisper in their ear and say, you know, Psst, you know, come 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 well, to my side. Well,
3: exactly, that's not exactly what it is. Let me explain to you, like, what's going on in New Jersey, right? Okay. I'm on the delegate slate in the 5th Congressional District. New Jersey is a winner-take-all state. So if our delegate slate in my district wins but Trump wins in New Jersey, you know who I'm voting for on the first ballot in the convention? Donald Trump. Right. So, I mean, the, the, exactly, which is fine. But on the second ballot, I can vote for, you know, Ted Cruz because right. our, our, our district actually won. You know, tell, you know what it is? A lot of these questions are coming, you know, to the surface for the first time because Donald Trump brings so much attention to everything that he does, and he's been bellyaching about it the entire time. When Ted Cruz loses... He doesn't complain in the same manner. I mean, I really, I, I really don't see what the issue is. The what? states individually get to set their own rules. I think. We, I think. What, that, excuse that's me for interrupting. Because Ameri- very American concept. Though. Well,
2: well, we're running up against a break. So let me interject okay, and tell yeah. you what I think the question is. of The concern is that what okay. seems like it's happening is that it's not bound delegates like yourself who are obligated to vote for somebody in the first hand, who's who's in a, who's a, an open crew supporter. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, a a Trojan horse thing that's happening to where, um, go, go pretend that you're a Trump supporter and that you're going to vote for him when you're really a Cruz supporter, that kind of game that's
3: being played. Well, but show me where that's happened, though. I haven't seen where that's happened.
2: Well, you know, that, that's why the question was just posed to Cruz today by Hannity, who, and, 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 and. there's a, and I'm not saying necessarily that anything wrong has happened I think because mm-hmm. of the Republican party because it's confusing because we've got stuff like happened in Colorado it does appear that and that was a voterless victory when you've got a state that has no I, I, no you know, primary vote there, they
3: all had the same rules though, but Trump could have sent people on the ground there to work those delegates to come over to his but, side, but those no delegates for him not to
2: right. But those delegates are still unbound, which means really they're not anybody's delegates. And so then you're looking at it and go, well, that is a voter- voterless victory because if they're unbound, that means they can get to the convention and vote for anybody. What's the point of that?
3: What's but the that point? Caucus, they have a caucus process, right. with, with, which is just delegates. Though, so what? that so a voters right. is, they caucus to the delegates. So yeah. I think well, that I think that's, right.
2: That's how they decided. It. Right. Yeah. And, that's right. And so I'm mm-hmm. saying is that you can have rules out there and it's still okay for voters to question it and what i think cruz did wrong in terms of when he was posed the question today from hannity who i think clearly teed it up for him to explain to make people feel better about what was going on just like you just did and you did oh. it far better than Cruz did. I think. I think his bad strategy was to be dismissive, was to tell Hannity, uh, "Oh, the only people who care about this are the diehard Trump supporters," and completely dismissed it. When there's millions of people, 69%. Let me get my number right. 69% of the exit polls tonight in New York said that if we get to a convention without the um, without the 1,237 delegates, that the candidate oh. who gets the most votes should get it, not most votes. Only 30, um, uh, only 27 percent said with the most delegates. So this is so that's just a
3: plurality and that's not the way the Republican Party works. You have to have. I get Mm
2: -hmm. I get that. But what I'm telling Mm -hmm. you is when the voters Mm -hmm. have this concern, Cruz Mm -hmm. should not dismiss it. It doesn't matter what the rules are. That's basically like somebody telling me you don't have the right to have that concern. Your feelings don't matter because of what the rules are. The Republican voters have felt like they're not being heard. So when Cruz, so when Cruz
3: mattered as they were setting those rules, though they they should have voiced those concerns. They should have had the foresight to go ahead and voice those concerns prior to when this process started. The process is what it is in real time. It can't be changed at this point.
2: Well, it, it can be changed down the road. Why can't the Republican voters, why aren't they allowed to ask a question? It almost sounds like the left, the argument of you don't have the right sit down. You don't have the no. right to question. It. Let me, let me get my question out. Mm-hmm. And then we're sure going to that... take a break and you can respond when we come back. <laughs> I felt sure. like Cruz should have said, instead of dismissing people as though because they're the rules and because they're on the books, nobody has a right to speak up it silencing somebody who's got a question. I think the better play for Cruz for himself would have been to to answer the question instead of completely dismissing it, because then the message is to all these millions of voters who right or wrong. My personal belief is that if you have a feeling simply because you have it, it's valid. Why dismiss those people? Why not answer the question and do what you can to help them understand that you're not doing anything shady? You get it. You understand the questions. You understand why the Republican voters are suspicious of the party and try to make them feel better about it instead of sloughing them off and telling him basically to sit down and shut up.
3: You know, well, I mean, the way you're explaining it, yeah, I can kind of see that. But, I mean, he's mostly exasperated at this point from having to deal with that constant question instead of it being like an issues-based endeavor, as it should be.
2: Well, and I and I hear you there, but I think from just a strategy and a PR standpoint, just like I said that that even though I didn't think Lewandowski did anything wrong with Michelle Fields, I thought it was bad manners and bad PR to not apologize. I would have sent her flowers, tried to set exactly, up a sit-down so. interview. I would have worked it. She would have she ended up looking like the fool, you know, if I had yeah. been involved in that. So to me it's just it's it's really bad strategy and and I want you to ponder this as we go to break how we can get off this camp versus camp stuff, he sounded like he was whining just as much as Trump was whining because he didn't want to answer the question anymore. He should be willing and every candidate should be willing to answer every concern the voters have. you got to mm-hmm. earn every vote. Don't just think that you can play the rules and ignore the voters. That was the message that I think he sent today, and that wasn't a good one. But you can tell me how wrong I am on the other side of the break because I'm just backed up against it. Julio's <laughs> got me fired up. I love it. And then we're going to get into some exit polls, and I want to get your response to that and see what you think about that? I'm talking to Julio Rivera from Red Nation Rising, the conserver Rican on the Andrea K Show. Don't go anywhere, anybody.
4: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E.
2: Want to start living better, longer? levita Compounding Pharmacy can help
4: You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Andrew K Show. I'm talking all things Republican Party race and primaries tonight with my friend Julio Rivera from Red Nation Rising and the Conservarican. Let's get into a little bit. I want to get into some of the exit polls because I think it's interesting. And then I want to talk a little bit about the convention and what we think we can expect. I already told you 69% said the GOP should nominate the candidate with the most primary votes when we get to the convention. And there's a couple things I perceive inside that. And that is that mm-hmm. I think that the, that the Republican voters are really concerned, Julio, that we're going to get to this convention and the establishment is going to go to Cruz and to Trump and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and just do an overtake and parachute in somebody you know, like a McConnell who gleefully said today I guess we're going to go ahead and get into the convention. He gleefully said, you know, he's he basically is loving the idea of a contested convention because he wants the party to pick who they think is electable. And to me, that signaled it all. That told me everything that I needed to know. The establishment's not hearing a thing from the voters. They want to decide who's electable. The same people who told us Romney was electable, the same people who told us McCain is electable, wants us to get to a convention uh, to a contested convention so they can pick another Romney for us, Julio
3: yeah I think that's a very scary prospect i mean um well one thing is you know they they do have the power with with within the rules to change a couple of things here and there at the convention. The important thing is the the majority um rule still stands regardless if it's a, if it's a one or two uh ballot um issue but if you if you figure somebody like um uh, Paul ryan who's been rumored uh, mitt Romney actually filed f e c paperwork oh He's actually eligible to run. For a president, if he wants to this year, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to steal it. But one thing we have to remember, though, because, you know, they've been painting this, this candidate's establishment, this one isn't, based on, you know, who's endorsing who. Let me even make one thing abundantly clear to you. The establishment does not want Donald Trump. The establishment does not want Ted Cruz either. So it's important that the conservative base really rally around the right guy and try to get somebody to 1237 or as close as they can, you know, within the the first ballot or make sure that they get it on the second ballot. Cause I can almost guarantee you, the establishment will steal it if they don't get a winner after two ballots.
2: I think, and I think that they're, the reason why Kasich is still yeah. in it is because I think he's their guy, and all they got to do is get that rules com- committee there and overturn 40B, mm-hmm. and they're they're going to push for Kasich. And I absolutely believe that's their play. A couple of the exit polls here: 57. percent This is what I thought was interesting. 57% say illegals should be given the chance for legal status. I thought that was very interesting, particularly uh-huh. when you look at the other exit poll that said 68% support. Supported Trump's ban, temporary ban on Muslims, that ties into the fact, Julio, that when they win their top issues, 36% economy, 24% terrorism, to me, that, it, it, that has mirrored almost every exit poll so far in all 30 primaries and why, and it signals why Donald Trump has won 20 of those. Those are the two top issues the American people face, uh, or yeah, what they, they feel is most important York, to I them.
5: Mean. Well, that, yeah, know. but I mean, I've seen far, that out far of far South
0: far Carolina. That's out of all of them.
3: Yeah, but I mean the immigration issue is—it's it's funny too because it trumped it that well there. But he made his hay with Republicans, supposedly, or the conservative side of Republicans with immigration. Why should that? Like, I'm shocked that that many um, Republicans really are for some semblance of legalization. I mean, I'm for is, is, see, yeah. That's um, a little schizophrenic, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem to make any sense, because I'm, I myself am for enforcing immigration law. I'm for deporting illegals, not letting, not letting them in here, defunding sanctuary cities, you know, cutting off their social program benefits and all that. And that's supposedly the perception that people have that that's what Trump is about. But if you really look at and analyze his quotations since he's actually, and I actually wrote a column for Right Wing News about this last week, he's actually, if you, if you interpret his own words, his own words mean that other than the 300,000 illegals that are here that have committed a crime, they'll be deported. The, the other supposedly 11 million, or if you believe numbers as high as about 30 million, they'll all be granted some form of either amnesty or legalization. That's not what people signed up for when they got behind Trump, or at least not conservatives.
2: Well, you know, um... <sighs> I think that it's impossible, really. I'm not really sure where, you know, you're getting some of those numbers. I mean, that's not really jiving with some other stuff that I've read in terms of what I, I think when it comes to what we're going to do with the 11 million here, which is probably more like 30 million. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I, you know. I think that you know. None of us really know exactly how many are here. I don't think anybody oh. really believes that we're gonna we're going to take a bus around and try to deport. I think pretty much, basically, the bottom line with all the the, the people currently here legally, if we just enforce the dang laws we have, which is exactly. when we, when it, we find it, it, somebody investigate
3: here, investigate and apprehend them. You investigate, you apprehend. You them, investigate you and, you, and, I- and you apprehend. You, know, you do those. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's, it's not the hardest thing in the world. we we've, we've deported millions of people. Um, You know, over the years, like it's not—it's not that hard to round people up in the firm. Forty percent of that eleven million are people on expired visas. We know they're right. I think what people right. Right. I think Mm
2: -hmm. that I think that while while I think that's a valid concern with Trump in terms of how is he really going to go as far with illegal immigration as he said he would. I think I have the same valid uh, concern with Cruz, because you know you know they're both kind of saying the same thing now. Um, But one concern that I have with Cruz is at least Trump has been consistent in terms of. The refugees, and in terms of, a, he's been consistent with seal the border. He's been consistent with build a wall. He's been consistent with a temporary ban on Muslims. He's been. But he con-
3: hasn't been, but he hasn't been. He's been backtracking on all of that. Well, so
2: it's, if- well, let me tell you what Ted Cruz has been been backtracking on. He's been backtracking on the fact that he did an interview with Shannon Bream in 2014, uh, after he went and handed out teddy bears at the border with all the illegals that came across, which is was, was a huge reason for why the Republican Party gave the power to uh, the the voters gave the power to the Republican Party because all the crap they saw at the border in 2014 twenty fourteen. He did yeah, an interview that let me finish. Sorry, he, that, that's, he did an interview with <laughs> Shannon Bremen, which he argued to bring all Syrian refugees Here. He didn't equivocate. He didn't, there was no equivocation that it was Christians. Now he's backtracking and said, Oh, I was referring to Christians. No, I've watched that interview a million times. No, it was full Syrian refugees. Now he's saying, Well, we can't bring any refugees here from countries, get ready for this, that are under significant control of ISIS. Well, who gets to decide what's significant control? Who's down on the ground doing a census? To me, that's political speak. It's very clear that he wanted to bring 11 million out of the shadows and give them legal status. Now he says he doesn't. To me, They've all flipped. Wait well,
3: Who did? Who did? Yeah, Cruz. Ted did, Cruz. Cruz never wanted that. Yeah. No, well, it's on video. From 2011.
2: It's on what video.
3: So and no, it's I mean, on video,
2: yeah. just like it's on video that 20 years ago, uh, Trump was pro-life. So I think that we, uh, uh, you know, pro-choice. I think that we could really, you know, nitpick. Uh, you know, and no, they, I, I think they've no, all I, I flip-flopped. I, I think disagree. they've all flip-flopped. The I think they've the all equivocated.
3: No, I, I, I disagree. I, as far as the issue with the Syrian refugees, that situation has changed in real time. Where we were in 2014 is a lot different where we are now because we've seen what's happened in Europe. Europe has absorbed these refugees. We've had um, women being attacked all around the uh, Scandinavian countries in record numbers. We've had German women being raped in record numbers where they have pepper spray sales, you know, breaking records. You know, we've seen the model of what the refugee influx. Is going to do based on what has happened in Europe.
2: Well, so let's say you, that's true because I'm, I'm, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm running out of time. Let's say okay. that's true because I'm running out of time. Then why is he not giving a full throated, nobody come here from any of these countries, period? After San Bernardino, he is With still equivocating. I'm He's, still Clarkson Clarkson He's still walking a line. He's still using political speech. Of saying stuff like from,
1: from countries where the not coming No, not New York tonight. Donald Trump is suggesting he may a race in him. I heard it myself. I heard it myself. He said, Countries under ISIS just about mathematically mathematically control. Of of ISIS necessary me, that's, necessary that's not saying
2: they can't Hillary come Clinton here. Tells period. that
1: her so I got to move on real York quick. Is uh, personal, uh, last point I want to make now before we go. The uh, other exit polls. The Democratic frontrunner easily beat out rival they Bernie at, Sanders in her adopted home they were state. Ecuadorian authorities say the death toll from the weekend earthquake now tops 500. Somebody who could bring change. Officials say almost all of the dead have been identified so far and returned to loved ones. Guards for a Denver-area school district swapping in their handguns so, for you know, military-style semi-automatic uh, rifles. The no, Douglas the, County mean, School District says it's a movement to thwart attacks. This is I mean, SRN news. Uh, the New York voters, I really don't
3: know. So it's to not make, typical. Do you, you owe me, the IRS more I'm than 10000 sure, in personal or business um, taxes and, and you I, I can't really afford say, to
0: pay? You, you have the right to tax representation. Join satisfied clients like Victoria. She owed the IRS $32,000. See, I think he might have a chance. She saved $31,700. Leroy owed 21000 The IRS accepted 500 and he saved $20,500. Get tax representation and save too. Call eight hundred six five six. 656 has the IRS threatened to shut down, down your business, grew, freeze your never, bank never accounts, proved, take your home, your cars, or, or garnish your, your wages? In, in you may qualify for special programs equal, to stop equals equals this process. Get hashtag tax representation. The industry I'm experts with is negotiating is with the IRS right A rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call today and the IRS will be contacted the same day, putting a stop to bank levies and wage garnishments. Call the tax representation hotline at 800 656 9406. 800 656 9406. That's 800 656 569406 what I'd like to see
2: together on a ticket and I didn't have one above the other I said Trump Cruz because I think Trump brings uh he satisfies some people's thirst for a, an outsider with business experience a shake it yeah. up guy who can control the media non-politically correct with Cruz's experience his love of the constitution uh and and his understanding of how things work in Washington is there any chance that that might happen before we get to the convention
3: I, uh, You know what? It, it's been so much dirt thrown back and forth. But you know what's funny? If you remember at the very beginning, Trump had nothing but really nice things to say about how smart Cruz was. Right. Cruz invited Trump to his stop the Iran deal rally. Um, they, It seemed like there was a, a good opportunity for it then. I don't know if it's damaged beyond the point where it can't happen anymore. Well, who knows? I mean, it's I've seen crazier things. In this uh, primary cycle, at this point, so nothing would shock me.
2: All right. Well, you and, know, and it's no shocking that I had a super fun time chatting with you on the on the show tonight, Julio. Thanks for staying up late, East Coast guy, and bringing well, the well, fun thank and
3: you so much for having and me.
2: making it interesting. How can people learn more about you?
3: Oh, uh, they can catch me on Twitter at, oh, yeah, it's Julio. I've got the Julio Rivera slash Conservarican Facebook page. Uh, my show, uh, Conservarican and Friends, Wednesday nights on We Are America Radio at 11. Uh, and I'll uh, be um, columnist at uh, Right Wing News. And my first column for Newsmax will be out tomorrow morning. Yay! That's uh, so that, read that. Yes, my first piece written for Newsmax. So read that tomorrow morning.
2: Awesome. Will do. Julio, thanks so much for being here. All right. We're well, back up against a break. We're going to take a quick break. When we come, we come back. We're going to shift gears. We're going to take it up the road to La La Hollywood with my girl Della B. Don't go anywhere, people. This is the Andrea K Show on AM
4: 1170. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, Kay, spelled K A Y E. you're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Excellent bumper music, Dijon. That all—that's my girl Shaka Khan. And those of you who know me and know me well know that you love—you know that I love me some smooth groove. I love my girl Shaka. That's one of my favorites. Ain't nobody. Oh, and speaking of favorites. And a smooth groove. You know what that music means. That means that we got another hot witch back on the Andrea K Show. Hey, Della. Hey, baby. Welcome back. It's been too long, girl. Oh, I know. I've been on vacay. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to take a break from <laughs> all first, the crazy that's up in Lala.
5: That's right. You know, those people make me crazy. I got to, you know, I got to, I got to go. Get away.
2: Yeah. So where you been? Would, would you Have you have you come up with something, though? I mean, are you back oh, from vacation? You got anything to talk about?
5: But this is a banner day. Is it really? Why is this that? Is a ban- well, a couple of things. First of all, we just have to stop the presses right now. Mm-hmm. We have to stop them because I have an announcement to make. Hanoi Jane, y'all probably thought she was dead. Well, she was up there <laughs> at Tribeca. No, I think there's and- just a lot of people wish she was. But anyway... He was at <laughs> Tribeca up in New York City, and, uh, you know, you talked about that, I think, with your vaxxed thing. Uh-huh. But they were having a round table and she declared that Hillary Clinton will be the president. Oh, she did. She did.
2: Did she? Well, you know, those two have a lot in common, okay? I, I was talking to my man, Major General Bob Scales, yesterday, and we were talking about traitors mm-hmm. and people who were treasonous. He had Barbara Wa- ba- Barbara. Baba Wawa, Barbara Boxer, accused him of being mm-hmm. a traitor in, in front of Congress last week. Those two were
5: traitors right there, Hanoi well, Jane that's right, and well, Hillary. They have, one, they, they have one more thing in common, both of them. Well, Hillary's still married to her womanizer, but Hanoi Jane was married to Ted Turner, who was famous for, you know, mm-hmm. womanizing all over the place. But Jane said that that men are just threatened by Hillary, and there's going to be <laughs> a lot of violence. There's, there's going to be, be violence. A- there's going to be violence by the Republicans if she wins the election. Well, she is going to win the election, according to to, to Jane. There's just—but men, they feel threatened, and women need to help them to understand their toxic masculinity. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay, first of all, I think I can speak for men when I say there's a difference between feeling threatened by Hillary and being repulsed by her, okay? <laughs> just because you're a man repellent, okay, doesn't mean that men are threatened by you, okay? Right. okay? Maybe it could have a little something to do with her Wellesley days when she wasn't, you know, shaving her legs or her armpits, oh, you know, and we all know there. and we all know it's documented that she repelled her own husband, but that's not an excuse for <laughs> on him. more than one
5: on more than one occasion.
2: Yeah. Well, um, yeah. But the bottom uh, line is both of those two women g- have given aid and comfort to the yeah. enemy. Yes. And both still do in one way or another, but especially Hillary. And I'm telling everybody right now, I've been saying from the beginning, and I agree with Dinesh D'Souza yesterday, hashtag never Trump plus hashtag never Cruz equals hashtag always Hillary. We need to keep our eye on the prize and, and not let that traitor who gives aid and comfort to the enemy get in the White House. What else you got for me, Miss Della? Amen,
5: amen. Well, in 1991, the words long Duck Silver We're entered into the congressional annals. Is it annals or annals? I, I You're talking I, about long duck.
1: Annals. Silver.
5: Annals of history. Thank you, Dishon. When Anita Hill went to the Hill <laughs> under subpoena to do the high tech lynching of Clarence Ford. Are you sure it's subpoena? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay. She went to let's the get hill. it G, let's get it back to rated G people. Okay, go on. <laughs> okay, so Anita Hill went to the hill. Okay. She went
5: to the Hill. She was subpoenaed. She didn't want to tell her story. They made her. Right. They made her. Uh-huh. She got bullied and, and, and everything. Uh-huh. Well, you know, she worked for Clarence Thomas, not one time but twice. It included inviting him back to her you know, where she was working as a professor after right. she left uh, D C. And she continued back. right.
2: And she continued quite a relationship with him over the years.
5: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And kept it up. And she had had some little interview with the FBI and she made some disparaging remarks. And when his name came up for nomination, that was brought back in. And then, you know, Pat Schroeder, who was from, I think, Colorado, she congresswoman, she led the, you know, the attempt to lynch him. And Mm -hmm. and Clarence Thomas went to the Hill and he denied it categorically. I don't know whether he did those things or not or said those things, like, who put a pubic hair on his coke? Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know, but he went, and he was so credible, and, and I don't know. His what I know
2: was- is this. I didn't follow the case. I was too young at the time and not really interested, um, but, you know, I just remember thinking to myself at the time what a bunch of hooey it was, mm-hmm. and that I felt at the time that um, the dislike for him, it seemed clear to me that it was a lynching because of two things. First of all, he was a conservative black man. And second of all, he dared to marry a white woman there. I said it. It's the main reason why they hate him. And mm-hmm. I read about this movie that even Anita Hill herself said that it was obviously slanted. She was a pawn then and her names uh, and being used as a pawn now. This is yeah. all about division. It's all about, you know, fostering division and fostering racial division in particular in this country, as we're going to to the general election, it's the left trying to use the African-American community in the vote uh, to keep them on the plantation and to continue to tell them that they're victims, as well as playing the gender card at the same time. See, they're thinking this is a double whammy for them. They're thinking they're getting to play both cards and the setup. And meanwhile, the Republican Party is doing too much infighting
5: and keeping their eye off the ball. Well, Clarence Thomas did one thing that we need to see more of and that is, he looked him in the eye, and he stood his ground, and he never relented. Mm-hmm. And we have too much capitulation in the conservative side and right. in the Republicans, and they should play by the Clarence Thomas book. Right. He That's said, I ain't going, he going anywhere. Here.
2: He dug his heels in. We didn't have Trent—he didn't do a Trent lot. He didn't Trent lot the situation he, and run off, or run off like the guy who did the toe tapping in a stall, whoever that guy was, you know— t- thomas did what the left does they hold their ground hillary clinton look at hillary clinton where she is because she dug her heels in and refused to go anywhere amidst all the crap you know and and so yeah i mean we might have herman cain as president right now if he hadn't run off oh i love Herman. i know 888 or was it 999 we miss you herman and your 999 plan and you know we've missed you dell i know you had more to share but we're running out of time Mm -hmm. so you gotta promise you're going to be back more regularly
5: i will you promise i will
2: i promise all right and keep it I keep promise. a g next time okay oh, I, love all
5: right.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I, I almost we, we almost need to have that your finger on the on the buzzer or something when della's in here Woo-hoo! <laughs> um some of the exit polls tonight I didn't bother to watch uh-huh. that Anita Hill story, but it's it's obvious what game they're trying to play. Uh, but getting into some of the exit polls tonight, 92% of Republicans said that they were worried about the economy. 92%. It's interesting also that uh, 44% think that Wall Street helps the U.S. economy. 48% think that Wall Street hurts the U.S. economy. It's almost like there is a little bit of schizophrenia there, and I think it's because people are fr- they are concerned over the economy, and I think that they're not even really understanding You know, what the economy, how it really works. You know, we don't even teach that in in school anymore. Uh, The number one issue for Republican voters, 36% was the economy. People are suffering. They're hurting economically. They're concerned about the economics. And I think that's one reason why they're, they're looking to a businessman to help them. And speaking of businessmen, you know, um, I've got a new contributor to the show who's a business attorney who helps and supports uh, local businesses here in San Diego. Small business, the lifeblood of the U.S. economy, really, and the job creators. And I spoke to him earlier today, Kalyan Pokula, uh, who was here to talk about the minimum wage increase. Here's my interview with Kalyan. Hey. Here with me to talk business is none other than business lawyer, Kalyan Pokola from Pokola Law. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show, Kalyan. Thank,
4: thanks for having me, Andrea. Glad hey, to be back.
2: Yeah, you know what? I'm so excited to have you as a part of the show because economics is so, and business is so important to my listeners because they understand that what made this country the greatest country in the world, the greatest force for Good in the world was the economic prosperity that came about from our free market capitalist system. And really the lifeblood of that is small business. And that's really what your business is about as a business lawyer. There are attorneys like yourself who focus on assisting and helping the small business owner. And that's really a lot of issues have come about that are going to play into this election that affect the small business owner and therefore affect us as a nation. One of the biggest topics that's been going down in the last couple of weeks is the nationally, as well as particularly in California, is the increase in minimum wage, this fight for 15 that's going on. Everybody kind of knows that it's a problem. Not everybody really understands the details of why it's a problem for people. A lot of people are like, so what's the big deal? You gotta have, even, even I even hear Republicans that say, well, come on, you gotta have a living wage. What's wrong with, you know, you know, people making more money? And my argument is, and you can tell me where I'm wrong because you, if I'm wrong, because you are a small business attorney, most businesses that have entry-level workers that are at a minimum wage are a low-margin business. And those entry-level, on top of the fact that those entry-level jobs are not intended to be head of household jobs. So you you take the combination of the fact that you've got, like let's say, a grocery store where your minimum wage people are bagging groceries – um, there's a limit to how much you should be paid to do that kind of unskilled work. That's why it was always co- high school kids and college kids doing it while they were trying to get skills to go on to someplace else. You add in the fact that it's a low margin business, like a grocery store is like five, 10%. You have all of those employees suddenly now getting a 50% in California. The plan now is, and was signed into law, to go from $10 to 15 an hour. And you're crippling business out there. Am I wrong?
4: Are you wrong? <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say that. I'd, I'd say that it's. I have a nuanced answer because I don't really like the way that this minimum wage increase has been put into effect. But at the same time, for my small business owner clients, uh, it's going to take until twenty twenty two for this to reach fifteen dollars an hour. For one, okay. And the second is the very the first two increases are very small. Okay. Uh, in twenty seventeen, it's going to go up fifty cents to ten fifty. And then it's going to go from 1050 the next year to11 dollars.
5: I get
2: that. so so, so it's a the, slow progression.
4: So mm. I think most of my clients can live with it being, you know going up 50 cents you know per year for mm-hmm. a few years. The issue is then after that, it ramps up and it goes up a dollar an hour each right. year until it gets to 2022. I think that for my small business clients, they're worried because you're absolutely right. The cost of labor, is one of the biggest issues the small business owners face the other thing that my small business clients can um, that they can hold their hat on hold on their hat for is uh if you have a business that has 25 or less employees you are granted an extra year to comply
2: well so, okay. well I guess I, okay so so
4: he's trying you know you, you're trying to uh, you're trying to place a you know placate people and but the problem for me is, how do we compare in in San Diego? I think that a lot of the small businesses can afford this eventually, afford this progression in in the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. However, how does a business in El Centro or Barstow handle this? Because the cost of living there is so much cheaper. So I understand that you know state laws have to encompass the entire state, but why don't you let the municipalities choose? how much their minimum wage is going to be because they're the ones that can actually determine whether their local economy can afford it.
2: Right, so it really comes down to the bigger picture argument of government regulations in imposing into business their will. And in, in what we have is a centralized power across the state dictating regulations that should be decided at a local level, much like we have a federal government getting involved with issues that should be decided at a state level. And at the end of the day, we had, and this is kind of what I was alluding to on my show last night, we actually had better economic times before we had all this government intervention. We actually had a lot of people doing better economically before we even had a forced minimum wage. To me, it doesn't address the bigger picture issue, which isn't necessarily... a f- you know, part of, you know, your business in terms of dealing with small business people, but I've had many business people tell me that they get the fact that part of the problem that we've got is what this is really doing, especially if it's creeped over a long period of time, is it mimics a pattern of the government doing a slow creep to, to get us to accept more government intervention into our lives and not dealing with the real issues that are at play. If people are struggling to pay the bills, there's let's deal with the root cause of that versus uh, you know, just now taking more money from businesses. If people are struggling right now financially, it, it's a common, it's not just because the greedy business owners, your your business owners are not greedy because they're not paying $15 an hour to somebody. They're They're basing their pay right now on skill set, as well as on the labor market. And if we can get the regulations off the small business owners here in California, and we actually, you know, can make it a more as well as deal with overtaxation, maybe we can create a climate where businesses will grow more, and then they'll have more jobs to offer. And when you when you're it's supply and demand, and when you need more employees and are out there, you're going to be forced to to offer higher wages. And if the employees themselves had greater skill set to offer, they'd be in a better negotiating position to ask for more money. So to me, it doesn't solve the problem of what's going on out there in terms of why people are struggling financially. What's going on with the unemployment? To me, the issues are over-regulation and over-taxation on business.
4: I don't look at the minimum wage as a regulation per se. I look at it as the government is trying to, you know, act as some sort of social arbiter of trying to lift people up and give people a better life. They're and trying to—they're
2: trying to be mom and dad off the by by tapping into a business owner's pocketbook, right?
4: Well, especially for a business owner, yeah. I can't—I can't imagine any person being with a small business like a dry cleaner or a small mom and pop restaurant sitting there going, "Okay, yeah, I could totally afford to pay this guy this, you know, the dishwasher mm-hmm. who's getting paid you know ten dollars an hour, get paid fifteen dollars an hour."
2: Right. I went to college, and I always knew as a kid. I grew up poor. My parents were Marines. Um, then my mom became a stay-at-home mom. We had very little money. I knew as a young kid that my way up and out over the circumstances that I was born into was to get a college education. And and then I would have more marketability for myself to put me in a position to earn, to go into a business owner without a union having to negotiate or anybody negotiating for myself to go in and sell myself and say, here's what I bring to the table. And therefore, because I've got this to offer, I can demand a higher wage. That's the message that's not being told to people out there. Instead Instead, it's demonizing business owners that they're just greedy guys not paying their lower level people enough so i think it's a cultural issue as well do you see do you hear that from your small business owners are they concerned with that i think
4: that my small business owner clients for the most part they're you know two or three actually called me about the minimum wage law and they called and i said call what's what's going on here and i said well here are things and i laid it out for them and i said you know first, can you afford this 50 cent increase? And they said, yeah, sure. I said, can you afford another 50 cent increase next year? And they said, sure. I said, can you afford a dollar there? I'm like, mm, maybe. And then I said, another dollar. Like, and when I when I laid it out to them, when I showed the progression, they said, okay, we could figure it out. We can deal with it. Um, and we're not as worried as before. And that's not, I can't speak for all small business owners, but my clients were like, okay, we can figure this out. Okay. But they were upset in that, how were they going to be able to differentiate, you know, they had employees for years and that this employee is going to go to $15 an hour and they're sitting there going, and probably that person probably deserved $15 an hour, you know, but maybe, now maybe the, not. but no, no, but now the person, what I'm saying is now the person who's going to walk in that door and get a new job. Yeah. Is going to get the same as this person who's been there for you know right. eight years. And
2: and to me, it's almost the forced unionization of businesses. It to me, it is regulations. I as as somebody who used to hire and fire people, I feel like I should have the right to pay people what I feel like they've earned, whether they're a new hire coming in based upon what the skill set that they're bringing, as well as evaluating the people that I'm working with. It diminishes ambition. It diminishes work ethic. It doesn't pay for performance. It's it's like forcing businesses to give to give tenure to people that no matter how long they've been there, they're going to automatically get a raise because they've showed up at the job. I got to move on because we're running short on time. Yeah. You've got a small business playbook that you've come out with for businesses. Can right. you give an overview of what it is and tell people how they can get a copy of it?
4: I'd, I'd be happy to. So the small business legal playbook is a packet that I've created, I've put together, and it answers uh, some of the most, the most common questions that I've been getting, the what, where, when, why, how, who, uh, questions that they've been asking me and I put it together in a, in a playbook, just like, you know, like a sports book, uh, you know, you're looking for your playbook, looking for what play to run, mm-hmm. you know, okay. The defense is playing cover two. All right. This is what we're going to run. Well, my question, for example, for the where involves, okay, what about what your commercial lease looks like? Here are the three major issues you should look for in your commercial lease. Now you could come to me as your attorney and I can review your commercial lease. Absolutely. But if you don't have the money to afford an attorney, you can at least know, hey, okay, right. these are the three things I should look for. And right. then clients can have some basic legal knowledge. It's absolutely free. If you go to my website at uh I'll have a landing page. It's about to, you know, it's about to launch. I'm just right. waiting to hear back from my marketing guy. And okay. then so, and we'll can update. download it for right. absolutely free.
2: And I will make sure that it, all this is on my social okay. media site because I know so many people in San Diego that could use uh, small business help. And I'm a... All right. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. I'm, I'm acting like I'm coming back from a break. I'm just wrapping up my interview with Colon Pokola. That's how exhausted I am, people. Um, I got to tell you guys before we wrap up, we got a couple minutes left here. I got to tell you guys about an amazing gal that I met. Um, I, you know, I met her through. Um, I met her through some real estate people that I know here in San Diego. And it's just amazing how the people get put into your lives. This this gal, uh, two gals named Courtney and Brooke, and try not to get weepy. They're raising money for it's kind of like it, it's it, it's kind of like a make a wish for adults who are terminally ill. And Courtney's Mom passed away at a time when she was about to do the do an Ironman competition. And so now uh, in honor of her mother, she has decided who died of cancer. She's decided to do the Ironman in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and raise money for Make-A-Wish for terminally ill adults. And I I don't really have time, you know, unfortunately, to give all the details on that. But I would encourage you all to go to uh, the Dream Foundation. Go to Iron Dreams irondreams.org, learn about this amazing woman and how she is, you know what an Ironman competition is. It's a full 26 mile uh, marathon. It's, I don't know how long of a bike ride and a swim. She's basically dedicating her life to raise money for people who are terminally ill to give them one last dream. And I just, you know, I wanted to end the show tonight on something positive instead of just so much of this infighting and going on in politics and just some, there's so much negative that we can get caught up in. And when I met this gal and saw what she was doing, it just touched my heart so much that there are people out there that instead of just fretting over, you know, how life's hitting them hard, that they're actually giving back to the community. Um, I was also touched, and want to give—I don't don't have time to get into it as, as, as don't have time to get into it as much as I would like. But um, I was also touched um, tonight um, uh, by um, Laura Wilkerson. I should have flipped it. And, and talked about Laura Wilkerson first and ended it with Iron Dreams in a more positive note. But anyway, I want to get the story in now that I have a couple more minutes at the end. Laura Wilkerson, the mother of Josh Wilkerson. We talked about immigration tonight on the show. Um, she spoke to Congress today about her son who was tortured and murdered by illegals. And I I feel like what's happening here in terms of the criminals, I was was really surprised that 57% of New Yorkers want to grant legal status to so many that are here. Go Google her speech to Congress and what she said to them. She says, I did not put my kid in harm's way when he went to school that day. You did, she said to Congress. Every one of you is elected by an American. It's time for you to stand in the gap for Americans. She's calling out Congress. She says um, that they gave away every bit of America to people who have broken our laws entering this country, then, then went on to break other laws amazing. We need more Americans like her to speak up. I need more Americans like you to stay engaged with what's going on. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Friend me on Facebook. Go to my website, Show.com. I'm going to be back here Monday and Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific time on AM 1170. DJ Carrot Sticks, thank you for being here. Call Yon Love you. Della B. Love you all. Have a great night, everybody.
0: This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group.